This is Tiger Woods, and welcome to another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. I'm Adam Rayberg, and I'm joined once again by Amelia Miliacho. Amelia, welcome back. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for welcoming me, as always. I look forward to sitting down with you and discussing and chatting with our impressive guests each week. So it's been an exciting weekend coming off a U.S. Open. <laughs> I know we were yes. both glued to the TV, just so many storylines, and Wyndham Clark coming on top, I think people didn't quite expect, but it was so cool to see how emotional he got after he made that last tap-in putt, and really overall, just a really exciting week for golf fans. Yeah, I'm I'm an East Coast guy, much like yourself over there, over on this side. So it's always fun to watch golf late into the night when they're playing on the West Coast. So LA Country Club was is very cool and unique to watch those guys play that golf course. Um, kind of stuck out as a U.S. Open venue, in my opinion, a little different and unique than the other one. So it was a fun weekend. Um, another major coming up this week on the LPGA as the girls play, but then yourself you have a major coming up here pretty soon we talked about it the other week on the pod um you qualified for the u.s open what are you looking forward to as far as getting out there and getting to pebble and i hear you're going to play it a little bit sooner as well and get some practice in gosh yeah i I'm just ecstatic to go to Pebble. I've never been there, only seen pictures. I was telling you yesterday how I watched Tiger's opening 70 at Pebble in 2019. Like I've been just watching, getting as much film of Pebble as I <laughs> yeah, can yeah. before I get out there. But yeah, I'll, I'll be out there a little bit earlier at Pebble playing a charity event there called Friends of Pebble Beach. And then, yeah, starts July 6th. We get four practice rounds, but I'm just looking forward to taking in all the views I mean luckily you know I've been around people who've been at Pebble a lot and they just they can't stop talking about how scenic it is how impressive it is how small the greens are so it's just going to be a great week my coach Kim who we last spoke with after the NCAA win Mm -hmm. she's going to be on the bag Charlie will be out there he'll be working remotely so that's (laughs) just we leave just a couple days after we get married (laughs) we're getting married on Saturday (laughs) so it's again a lot a lot happening in my life in in all the good ways so uh it's yeah, I'm just, you know, I can't wait to go, and it's going to be such a fun week. Yeah, you have a pretty eventful couple weeks coming up. As you just, Blase mentioned, you're getting married <laughs> this weekend, and then you guys are heading out for some golf at Pebble. Yep, so two days later. Great honeymoon <laughs> time. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So busy week here um, for you this weekend, getting married. Congratulations on that. Um, another major event that we just wrapped up, Yesterday, while you were here visiting in um, Covington, had a little match between you, and we're not going to give too much away because we recorded it, and it's a really cool match between you and Aaron Tuning from St. Andre. So kind of talk about that. He, I remember he asked on the first tee if there was um, any nervousness involved there. Were you nervous playing Aaron yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he asked me that. He said, do you ever get nervous on the first tee? And I said, are you referring to this match that we're having right now? And he said, yeah, like, I guess so. That that could be included in my question. I said, well, if you're asking about this match in particular, no, I'm, I'm not, not, quite, not quite nervous, but it was so much fun. Aaron's so creative, so funny. I, I was telling him, I 
I did my best to try to keep up with his humor. So hopefully I matched <laughs> yes, his vibe. Hilarious. But yeah, we had a great time. The the match is pretty fun. I give him some leeway on the first hole and then kind of uh, put the pedal down after that. But it, it was great to be out there in Cuscawilla. Beautiful golf course. You've been raving about it, Adam. And then when I got to get out there, it was just, I mean, the water around the holes and the small kind of cradle-like greens just really mm -hmm. a really great yep. layout and it was just great to get to play you know we played some of the back nine there so yeah it was it was super fun to watch you guys kind of go at it and I won't give too much of the way too much away about how the challenge went um kind of setup was different between you two guys but the video will come out as you as you play the week of the U.S. Open but um yeah, it was really fun watching you guys play the course in two different ways and Aaron kind of giving it his best. Aaron's just um, your kind of average golfer out there. He's, he's a single digit, so he's a good player. But then he's got to battle you coming off a national championship, qualified <laughs> for the U.S. Open, shooting 11 under over two rounds. So it was a little bit of a challenge, and it was fun. He held his own. He, he did. played great. He did um, his own. So. Yeah, we'll see kind of how it ends up and the result kind of happens towards the end. But um, it was it was so fun to watch, and it's just cool to watch you guys kind of go at it. And, and the video is going to be real cool. Looking forward to seeing that video. Yeah, I'm excited. The camera guys, they do a great job, so it will be really excited to see how that video will turn out. But let's get into our guest, Matt Kuchar. You spoke to Matt during a prototype mm -hmm. ball testing day, so really you know, interested to see what questions you asked him and his insight on ball testing and, and what he likes to do. So let's just get right into the interview. All right, Matt, welcome to another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. We're so happy to have you here. We're down here in Palm City at Bears Club, and we just finished up some ball testing. So right out of the gate, I just kind of want to get your feedback about the ball testing, prototype testing. What do you look for in your golf ball, and what does your testing um, checklist look like? Yeah, listen, it's, it's always fun. It's always fun to see what a company like Bridgestone can do. It's, it, it's always that impossible quest of can you make a ball spin more around the greens and go further off the tee? Right. Uh, it's still a bit uh, head-scratching to me to think that it is possible, and yet Bridgestone seems to continue to do it. Uh, with the ball testing, I, I, I really enjoy kind of the chipping part. That For me, seeing a ball really grab on a green is, right. is always fun. feels like you have control. So I, I, I really enjoy that part and seeing the short chips, the long chips. You know, when, when you see a ball really grab on a green and then – with with chips, you always feel like you have a chance of making them too. So right, watching right. them dance, watching them do their <laughs> yes. thing, and then seeing them sometimes disappear is is always fun. And um, today I had my last shot of the day disappear. <laughs> yes. Was it was a great great one to end on. But I I love the the chipping part because you you feel like you have such touch and feel and control, and I, I feel like I have a real. Um, sense of whether or not the ball is doing just what I want it to do when it comes to hitting the irons that there, there's it's harder for me to tell the driver thanks to TrackMan, you can really put numbers to it right um, yep typically when I do get a chance to grab some balls that I'm, I'm potentially going to really work with I, I like hitting you know three or four drivers on a golf course with you know, my current ball, three or four drivers of the prototype, doing that on several different holes and just going out and actually looking the old school way mm -hmm. and kind of testing yes. and seeing and, and how Given it goes. It the eye but, test. but the, um, 
the, the track man has, has been an amazing advent and, and, and certainly helped a lot with, with the testing. Yeah. It's fun to watch each of you as we kind of make our rounds through our, um, tour player, you know, um, um, list of how differently you guys kind of test, you know, some guys never want to see TrackMan data. Some want to see the numbers instantly. You know, you were asking us for carry distance, but I mean, for me, the most fun is seeing you guys hit that in-betweener wedge shot around the greens and seeing it do that and, and seeing the spin you guys put on it from that 40 yard shot, which is tough for most people to hit and tough for everybody. But that's what separates you guys from the everyday player and, and putting that extra spin on the ball and, and testing it like that. It's super fun. It's fun to do. I promise you it is a, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to do it and, and make it kind of do some, do some dancing around the greens is a, um, is, is definitely a joy. So speaking of prototype ball testing, let's talk a little bit about your ball. Um, you play the tour BX kind of, why do you play that one? And what about that golf ball fits you better than say the RX or the other golf balls in our line? Yeah, I, I used to play the S for a long time. Um, really enjoyed it. Certainly have always enjoyed having that extra amount of spin. Uh, but at some point, uh, realized I, I was giving up just enough distance off the tee to go, this makes a significant distance uh, difference. And so um, realized that, you know, it might have been a 100 RPMs of, of spin around the greens and, and, mm-hmm. and, and 100 RPMs is, is not that much uh and to gain enough yardage off the tee said i'm, I'm going this way I, I have enough control with with the uh with the x ball and really i've been just in love with this this latest generation it's been a fantastic golf ball i think everybody that gets their hands on it loves <laughs> yes. it uh and so it, it's certainly been a win for me yeah ever you know the x is becoming super popular on tour a couple players have changed over that even recently um I do want to talk about an interesting topic, and this one is, I, I remember when you were coming out as an amateur, and you were kind of, one, I guess I want to ask two kind of questions about you being an amateur. You were somewhat on the fence about becoming a pro or staying an am, and then I want to talk about your amateur kind of run there at the Masters and playing that. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, when I finished my my time at Georgia Tech, graduated in 2000, it was um, kind of propositioned to me to chase the Bobby Jones legacy, to kind of learn the, 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 the skills of the business world um, and still be a competitive uh, golfer just as, as an amateur. And it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit, the, the potential to use my degree to, to you know, earn money off course in a different way than I would earn money mm-hmm. off course as a right. professional, uh, was, was appealing and, and went and gave that a try for you know, nearly a year, um, was, was fascinating. Uh, worked for a little boutique investment banking group down in South Florida and learned a lot, uh, but was encouraged to continue to play competitive golf. I did that. And I remember getting a sponsor exemption into the Texas open in San Antonio and I missed the cut by a shot and it just, it burned me so bad. I wanted nothing more than to play the next week and, and, and kind of prove myself. And that kind of burning, uh, let me know that I, I needed to be out there week in and week out to really see how good I could right. be. Um, it was hard to feel like I could I could really see just how good of a golfer I could become as a as a businessman as an amateur. Um, and so turned pro not that much long after that that event, and um, it's been great. It's been a, been a fun run. It's been Cer- a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, I, I've had a, had a great run in the game of golf. Um, but you, you touched on kind of amateur days. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a, you know, 
fortune of winning the U.S. Amateur in 1997 at Cog Hill, and the, the, the doors that that opened were just, just incredible. I think um, Arnold Palmer had an event uh, that uh, <clears throat> celebrated his 50th year of winning the, his U.S. Amateur, and he called it the turning point in invitational. He called winning the U.S. Amateur the turning point in his career. All right. So went up and, and played in that, but I, I would second the fact that it was a, a turning point in my my golf career and, and the doors it opened from the sponsor exemptions to events, but, but the, the events you get into were the masters, the U S open, the British open and, um, being a boy, you know, that went to Georgia tech right there in Atlanta, not far from Augusta national getting to play masters was just a, a dream come true. Like I had played the year before as a freshman at Georgia tech, mm-hmm. played Augusta national with the team and all of us did the tour of the clubhouse checked out the crow's nest and all of us trying to, you know, had the pipe dream of wouldn't it be amazing to be right. here. And, yes. and that next year I was there and, and oh, all my teammates were you know, giving me, holy hell, I can't believe it's you. You know, everybody was happy, was, but was, jealous. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Happy, but jealous. Um, and so, you know, getting to stay in the crow's nest was one of the coolest things. Uh, it's hard to explain just what it is, but you literally from the, the upstairs dining room go open up what appears to be a closet door and it's a it's a stairway that's almost a ladder like of a stairway it's just straight up to what amounts to four bedrooms five beds but it's not really bedrooms it's it's kind of broken off dormitory style Mm -hmm. bedrooms um very very simple but could not be cooler and they've got a tv channel that's uh augusta national or masters highlights from oh, from wow. all the previous years it's kind of just on replay <laughs> and so we had that on watching all the the highlights and i remember coming down a couple mornings and you'd, you'd come out of the, what this door that looks like a closet door uh into the dining room and everybody's like where where did this person just come <laughs> from and then they kind of realized oh it's that amateur kid that must be the crow's coming from up the there. secret door <laughs> yeah yeah it, um, it was certainly a special time and special week, and the memories I have just, you know, dad caddying for me, mm-hmm. having, having a great week. I mean, there's no, no better time to have a, have a great week than, than the week of the Masters, and it was certainly a special one for me. Yeah, so end of the day, um, you get your round finished, and you and dad have to part ways. You go up to the crow's nest, and you say bye to the family. Is that how it went? <laughs> I would typically go and, and have dinner with the family right. and then, then head back. So they rented a house off, off property. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of join them for dinner and then right. yeah, depart and head, head back to Crozen. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's an odd way, but very cool. <laughs> a lot of history there for sure. And we all remember um, your dad being on the bag and all those really great memories. Um, so after the Masters, you obviously just spoke about turning professional and kind of getting out on tour. Um, Talk a little bit about kind of those first couple years on tour versus um, as you had to come back and, and really make your hit your stride on the PGA tour. So yeah, the um, that, that that kind of development on the PGA tour is unique, and I had great success early, and then mm-hmm. then a little bit of struggle there a few years after, and it's a interesting time. And now that I'm in my 20 some odd year on the PGA tour. I, I get a lot of these kids asking me, you know, <laughs> what, what, what has helped me along the way and lessons I've learned. And I tell them, you know, it took me a little while to be comfortable with myself on the PGA tour. So right. you, you get out on tour and you see your idols and you're hitting balls next to them on the range. And you know, my guys, whether it was Tiger Woods or Ernie Els or VJ Singh or Phil Mickelson, mm-hmm. these guys that are hitting balls and, and they 
did stuff that I couldn't do just cheerily from club head speed, whatever it was. Like I'd watch them hit towering three irons and I, I was never a guy that could hoist a three iron up in the air. Never a guy that could carry a, you know, a driver as far as they could and thought, well, if I want to compete with these guys, I, I have to do that. And so, you know, I tried to figure out being more like those guys. And I think I lost sight of kind of what got me on the PJ tour and what made me successful as an amateur. And, um, I kind of had to go back to, I may give up some distance, may give up, let's call it, you know, shots off the tee, but I can gain from the fairway in. I I need to be really good when I get, you know, a mid iron, a short iron, a wedge in my hand. And, um, you know, finally kind of became comfy going, all right, I, I can, I can give up 20 yards off the tee and I can still be competitive. I can still win tournaments. Um, and so when, when I kind of, became comfortable with who I was as, as a, as a golfer is when I think I, I, I gained a lot of success on the PGA tour. Yeah. That's, it's so funny hearing you say that because a couple episodes on the pod, uh, Jason day said something very similar. You know, we asked him like, if you could tell your younger self something and he said, man, I would have stuck with my own game rather than looking at like what tiger was doing and Adam Scott's swing and stuff like that. And he goes, it said, he, he said it took a little bit while with him the same of like, I got to swing like Jason Day, you know, instead yeah, of looking yeah. at what these guys are doing. He, similar things to you, hitting these towering three irons. My game doesn't give that. So it's, it's funny hearing that as good as you guys are, you've got to realize that your game is your game and, and stick with that. So you've played in a lot of um, Ryder Cup events and President's Cup. Um, talk about playing in those team type settings. What does that mean to use? It's something you look forward to. And then is there someone that you kind of look forward to playing or had an opportunity to play with in these team events? Yeah, it's funny. The, the, the couple events are great. The team events are, are just unique. Um, I've, I've had good fortune picking a lot of great partners over the years, whether it's picking or put with. Um, certainly uh, kind of my uh, – Stretch at at the QBE shootout had Harris English as a partner for mm-hmm. years. I think we're we're the only uh, three time uh, team champions there. Uh, I had Gary Woodland as a partner at the World Cup. Um, I think my team record in in, in the Cup Cup, so whether it's President's Cup or Ryder Cup, is is an awfully strong one. Uh, but again, I've I've, I've kind of had some great partners. Tiger being one that was a lot of fun. Uh, played a lot with Dustin Johnson. Uh, certainly, he's you know hard to. Hard to beat either one of those guys as a partner. Yeah, they exactly. play some pretty good golf. Yeah. I just uh, I'm I'm there to not mess it up. Um, but I think that they appreciate guys that you know they can rely on finding fairways. They can rely on making putts. They can rely on you know chipping a ball close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know I, I bring some of that. I, I think I bring a, an ease about um, kind of the, the the whole situation and match. Don't don't get overly amped up kind of one way or another you're in uh, every hole yeah. in, in in every hole uh, i'm not going to get too high or too low uh and so i, I i've kind of i think had really good fortune with some some really good partners but i i like to hope that i i provide some assistance right, as well right. yeah well uh, one of the one of the highlights of me <laughs> remembering you play in some team events was with tiger and you guys had the fresh prince high five like i want to ask like how did that come to be? Did you bring that up with him? Did he bring it up, or is it like a natural thing that happened on the course? Yeah, that uh, that that was something I I thought I could get Tiger to do. <laughs> I, I think the, the the baseball high fives are, are, are pretty unique and elaborate. I think they're fun, but I think they're overdone and get too long. And, and in the game of golf, you kind of always have a club in your hand. And I was thinking, well, what could you do that was 
simple, short, one-handed, and it just popped in my head. Oh yeah, that that's easy. And I know he would be familiar with Fresh yeah, Prince of Bel Air. Right wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So did that, and um, certainly was was something fun to share with Tiger. Something fun to do. And I think uh, people at home, certainly our generation, all could uh, <laughs> relate to it. Yes, absolutely. Great. Lo- love some Fresh Prince for sure. Um, let's talk about family golf. Your boys play a lot of sports <laughs> for sure. Um, your oldest is getting in to more competitive golf now talk a little bit about how you guys enjoy yourself on the course and also off off the golf course some of the sporting things you guys do and and how competitive does that get pretty heated or (laughs) or not at all i've been lucky but both boys have taken to the game of golf Mm -hmm. i think you, you as a golfer you certainly hope to have your kids want to play golf you you get to spend so much time with them if, if they do want to play golf mm-hmm. um and i know I've, I've got plenty of contemporaries whose kids want nothing to do with the game of golf I, I i feel like i definitely got lucky that they they both enjoy the game um i think i knew pretty quickly now i started the game at, at the age of 12 i i had in my head i wanted the boys to start around 10 i think you kind of got to be old enough strong enough if you can't carry the golf ball 100 yards in the air, golf mm-hmm. is going to be a tough game it's to tough, go on the yeah. course and play. Um, but the nature of what I do for a living, they started younger. Uh, and I think I knew early on to not make golf complicated. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't give any instruction. I would set them up on the range, and I'd give them a challenge. So can you hit it to that green? Can you hit it over this bunker? Can you do something? And uh, kids are great at emulating, and so right. th- they were around me. They were around some other good players, and so easy for them to supposedly, I guess, pick it up. Um, that they they kind of figured out how to how to hit it, how to make it go further or higher or whatever they needed mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so I just kind of present present challenges, and then I, I knew also when when they got tired, like it when it was time to go, it was time to go. You didn't want them to suffer through another 20 minutes or another hour or whatever it might be. Um, and the other great advice I got was um, a good friend of mine, competitive golfer, uh, we were having, was a little older, having dinner, and his son was there who was always tagging along, and this guy loved hitting balls. The son wanted to play, and he said the dad would always get there two hours early, hit balls, and then, then mm-hmm. play, and... Uh, the son said, I wish we would have played first and then maybe hit balls after if, if we needed work on it. And so I kind of let that be something. And I, I was a guy that wanted to practice before, right, but right. said, man, if, 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 if you want to play first, let's play because we got to make it fun. Yeah, exactly. So let's go play. And then if, if you realize you're not hitting your driver well on the course, we'll go work on that afterwards. And uh, so I, I kind of let the kid decide what, what it is they, they wanted to do. And right. um, we, we ended up playing a lot more golf. Uh, before before the practice, which which worked out, <laughs> yeah yeah, that's totally good. So one last question, and then we'll let you go. Um, thanks for your time. One last question is: if you could play one final round with a foursome, including yourself, who would you be, and how would you fill that foursome out? <laughs> Um, my foursome is really easy. It's just, it's family golf for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky in that, that situation and I've gotten to do it a lot, but it's still some of my favorite times is, is just my dad, my two kids. We got, we got four and really the beauty about that is you could do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter when you're when you're with people you really enjoy. Uh, I, I got to do a, a number of rounds with uh, my dad's dad was was cool. We had yeah. three generations uh, play golf. We never got four generations um, playing. By the time um, mm-hmm. 
my kids were around. My grandfather had basically stopped playing golf. So he'd, he'd come around, but it, we didn't get right. kind of full rounds in. Uh, but that's still like I, I remember clearly getting a chance to play with my dad and his dad and, and, and knowing how cool that was. And now to be kind of in the middle having my son play and I look forward to his kids coming around and, right. and, and, and getting a chance to, to be on the, the elderly side there. Um, but that, that, that would be my, my foursome for sure. Well, awesome. Great answer for sure. And Matt, thanks for stopping by. It was good to test with you today and good luck going forward. All right. Thanks. Adam. Thank you. Well, it was really good catching up with Matt. He's just, you know, the guy's been with the brand for so long. He played the preset ball in his college days at Georgia tech He's seen all the B330, the Torby golf balls. He's helped us every year we have prototype ball testing. Um, he's helped us design that golf ball. So Matt's been such an integral part of the brand over the years, and it's been so fun working with him all these years, seeing his success. And uh, obviously he's a top 10 machine. He's made a, a lot of money on tour, playing very well over the years. So always good to catch up with him and talk about the golf ball family stuff and and everything going on in his life yeah and his story is so unique in general just the fact that he worked he worked before he decided to turn professional and play golf for a living so know, right? he definitely <laughs> made a good decision in deciding what path he yes. wanted to take but yeah just like you said you know he has so much knowledge in the game and being able being with Bridgestone for so long and having so much success is really a testament to you know the ball he's playing and then also he's such a family man he's so easy to talk to and you know you just always enjoy being around him he's so approachable which for someone who's been so successful it's you know really nice to have that air about you where people can come up to you, ask your autograph, ask for your picture. And, and, you know, he's just very happy go lucky guy. That's really, you know, the way I would describe him. Yeah. He's such a every man's dude when he's out there testing and stuff. And on the range, he's always chatting with everybody. And he had his sons out there. They were practicing and playing around him. And, you know, he just enjoys those late afternoon nine holes with his boys and getting out there and even playing some, tennis and pickleball with Sibby. So cool family guy and, and Matt's just the best. I always look forward to heading down South Florida and, and doing ball testing, and hanging out with him. But um, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Amelia, you've got a big weekend as we mentioned <laughs> yes. at the top here to get ready for, you were just down here in Covington um, doing some ball testing. And then now let's let you go and get ready for your big weekend. And congratulations again on getting married. Thank you, Adam. And it was great to hear you and Matt speak about ball testing and other family stuff. And we're really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be really lots of lots of things happening. Super excited. <laughs> yes. um, you know, can't wait to marry the guy that I want to spend the rest of my life with, as, as you already <laughs> know. So thank you all for listening. And until next time on another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone.
Another Golf Podcast is presented by Bridgestone's new line of Tour B golf balls with Reactive IQ cover. Reactive IQ is a smart cover technology that reacts to the force of impact. It rebounds quickly on tee shots, delivering explosive velocity and increased distance. And around the green, the Reactive IQ cover stays on the face longer, providing more spin and control. Bridgestone Golf is the pioneer and industry leader in ball fitting, and the four new models of Tour B are designed to ensure every golfer is playing the right ball for their game. The Tour BX and XS models are ideal for players with driver swing speeds over 105 miles per hour, and the RX and RXS were created for golfers with driver swing speeds under 105 miles per hour. To find the right ball for your game, go to BridgestoneGolf.com and click Find My Ball to go through the online ball selector guide. Bridgestone Golf, the number one ball fitter in golf.